with me to Judges, the second chapter. Hallelujah. I just got one of them way down deep inside feelings. Hallelujah. That everything's going to be all right. Just got one of them way deep and down feelings. Just way down inside. Hallelujah. That there's a great visitation of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. That's settling down on God's people. You got your Bibles with you? Turn to Judges, the second chapter. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody just feel like shouting? Man, I just feel a shouting of praise running up out of the avenues of my soul. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. 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 Heard a fellow say one time, you got one of them deep praises and one of them down in your soul and you just feel like a shout and he said, you better get that thing out of you. If you don't, it'll hurt you. <laughs> so I just had to get it out. My God, I feel good tonight. Glory. Everybody with me in Judges second chapter. Seventh verse. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being a hundred and ten years old. They buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnatharis, in the Mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill of Gaash. Also all that generation were gathered under their fathers. There arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. Go down to verse 20. The anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he said, Because... That this people has transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers. Have not hearkened unto my voice. I will not henceforth drive out any from before them of the nations which Joshua left when he died. That through them I might prove Israel whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk therein as their fathers did keep it or not. Therefore the Lord left those nations without driving them out hastily, neither delivered he them into the hand of Joshua. Now these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them, even as many of Israel as had not known all the wars of Canaan. Only that the generations of the children of Israel might know to teach them war at the least, such as before 
knew nothing thereof. From Isaiah chapter 42. Ooh, the devil going to take a shellacking tonight. Hallelujah. My God, y'all can't be as excited as I am. If you was, you couldn't sit there. Isaiah 42 and verse 13. The Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry, yea, roar. He shall prevail against his enemies. I have long time holding my peace. I have been still and refrained myself. Now will I cry like a travailing woman. I will destroy and devour at once. Joel, the third chapter. My God, y'all better shout and praise God now. (laughs) Y'all may not feel like shouting in a few minutes. Me, I feel like shouting. Hallelujah. I said, I feel like shouting. Glory. What y'all do? Let the devil sit on y'all while I was gone? My God, some of y'all need to shake yourselves. Hallelujah. The book of Joel, third chapter. You there with me? Ninth verse. Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let who say I'm strong? Let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble yourselves and come, O ye heathen. Gather yourselves together round about thither, cause thy mighty ones to come down, O Lord. Let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get ye down, for the press is full. Fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near. In the valley of decision. Hallelujah. Matthew the 11th chapter. Woo! My God, I feel the power of the Lord tonight. Matthew 11. You there with me? And 11. Well, if I'd have preached this yesterday, which I did part of it, but didn't have that scripture, I could have preached Matthew 11 and 11 on the 11th, 11th, and 11th. Told you I'm feeling good tonight. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Verily I say unto you among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the laws and the prophets, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you tonight 
on it is time to learn war. It is time to learn war. You know, when God chose Moses to lead the children of Israel, he just didn't reach out there and get him a nobody. If you read in the book of Acts, it tells how Moses was raised up in Pharaoh's house. Moses was raised up. He was highly educated. And the Bible said he was mighty in word and in deed. You go back and study the history of Moses. Moses was a very educated man. Moses was put in situations where he led Pharaoh's armies in battle and won many victories for Pharaoh. He was a very capable individual. Moses knew the strategies of war. He had to know them. Because when he led them slaves out there in that wilderness, they didn't know how to fight. They didn't even know how to arm themselves. They didn't know what to do. But for 40 years, them people fought. They fought with the help of God. But them were that all through uh, Numbers and Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy. It talks about the men of war in Israel. Talks about the men of war. You get in Joshua's generation. You know, before the children of Israel could go over into the promised land, all of the men of war that had spied out the land had to die. Why? Because they were full of unbelief. It was them that caused the children of Israel to doubt God's promises. Well, all those men of war died, but while those men of war were fighting, they were teaching their kids war. They were teaching their kids war. They were teaching their sons war. And when that generation of men of war died, there was a brand new generation of men of war ready to go take the promise. When that River Jordan parted, there was two and a half tribes stayed on this side of Jordan. I don't remember what the names of them are. One was Manasseh. I think the other one was Ephraim. There was, uh, there was two and a half tribes. But those two and a half tribes stayed over there. But 40,000 men of war from those tribes went before Israel armed and ready to go to war. Not counting what was in all the other tribes. And they went over there and they helped the children of Israel conquer the promised land. And as long as Joshua was alive and all the men that followed Joshua was alive. Man, they had war. They had war and they'd done mighty things. But then the Bible said, Joshua died. All those that knew Joshua died. And all those of that generation were gathered to their fathers. Everything got peaceful. Everything got settled down. And then another generation come up. That didn't know war. Another generation come up. They didn't know about the wars of Canaan. The Bible said they didn't learn war. They didn't learn war. Exactly what we've got right now today. Is a generation that does not know war. They don't know war. Son, I apologize to you because I didn't teach you war when you was coming up under my care. But I'll take care of it now. 
I didn't teach it. It was my responsibility to teach that young man war in the spirit. It was my responsibility. You hear me? Because I come up under a mom and daddy that were warriors in prayer. I come up under a mom and daddy that they would pray till things happened. They would pray till things moved. And I learned war. You hear me? I learned war. Sister Gail, when me and you first met, what, 40, about 40 years ago? My God, we're telling off on ourselves now. But when me and Sister Gail first met about 40 years ago, there was about 200 something young people around in this area. And we'd get in that church almost every night, go into fasting, go into prayer. Brother Tony, you was there. Sister Carol, you was there. Are you listening to me? We learned war. We learned war. But we got a generation now that does not know spiritual warfare. We got got a generation now uh, that does not know how to fight uh, for the kingdom of God uh, and the devil uh, is running rapid to God's people uh, and I'm here to tell you tonight uh, it's time to learn war uh, it's time to learn war uh, it's time to learn war uh, it's time to learn uh, how to fight ain't no wonder God's people can't go to work they don't know what to do with themselves. They don't know how to fight. That's a sword. That's a sword. Amen. I know what to do with that. I'm skillful. I'm skillful. I'm skillful. I can cut the ties that binds you with that right there, or I can put you to death. The Lord told me a long time ago, said you gotta learn to be skillful with the word. Said not only will that cut the tie that binds, said but you can wound somebody, you can also put them to death. But if I take this right here, and I put it in this man's hands right here, he's gonna look at me and say, what do I do with that? Why? He's never been taught spiritual war. He's never been taught spiritual warfare. And I dare say the majority of the people in the church today, all they know is singing and shouting and praising, but they don't know war. It's time to learn war. It's time to make up our mind. We are going to war against the devil and we are going to take our families. We're going to take our place in God. We're going to take these souls. We are going to get in the battle and fight. Why? The harvest is ripe. The harvest is ripe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The harvest is ripe. But the labors are few. I said the labors are few. And everybody just settled down. Got mega churches. And got an ounce of deliverance. Got churches with Hundreds and thousands. Got churches run 15, 20, 25,000. And all they do is get up and tell good stories. They're not teaching people war. They're not teaching them warfare. Are you hearing me? 
They're not teaching them to fight uh, the good fight of faith. Uh, Paul says you fight the good fight of faith uh, and you lay hold uh, on eternal life. Uh, Jesus himself said, uh, y'all had the law and the prophets uh, up till John. Uh, he said, but from John the Baptist forward, uh, he said the kingdom of heaven is revealed. Uh, he said, and every man presses into it. Uh, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence uh, and the violent take it uh, by force. Uh, if you don't know how to get forceful, uh, if you don't know how to fight, uh, if you don't know how to do war, uh, my God, what you gonna do? Uh, you're gonna get overrun. Uh, the devil's gonna take you down. Uh, and people are being taken down uh, because uh, they don't know how to make war. Hallelujah. I'm gonna teach y'all how to fight. I'm gonna teach you how to make war. Amen. Because this is an army. Man, when God clicked this in my spirit, I said my wife couldn't have had a better ladies retreat. Hallelujah, just laid the groundwork for this right here. Just laid the groundwork. Hallelujah for this word right here. Why? Because that was a warrior. You come up around warriors. How many of y'all come up around prayer warriors? And how many of you? My God, when you come up under my, my generation, you hear me? My generation come up under a generation of fighters. And I was taught war. I was taught war. But I didn't teach my son war. I didn't teach my daughters war. And that was my mistake. But I'm going to make up for my mistakes. Because I'm going to take it out on you. Hallelujah. I said, I'm going to take it out on you. I'm going to get down where you live. I'm going to get in your face. I'm going to be on you about prayer and seeking God. Because it's time to go to war. It's time to go to war. My God, Joel said, wake up, the mighty men. Prepare war. Prepare war. Prepare war. Prepare war. Hallelujah. You gotta prepare for war. You gotta prepare for war. People ain't prepared for war. When John the Baptist came screaming, prepare ye the way of the Lord, he should have been saying, get ready for war. Get ready for war. The law and the prophets prophesied until John. From John the Baptist forward, the kingdom of heaven's been revealed. It's being revealed right here. It's being revealed right here. The full authority and the power and dominion of God. But the devil's not afraid. You hear me? I got so tickled at my wife on the, she's talking to me before they got on the airplane. She said, I was ministering to a lady out there. And she said, I stand there looking at her. And the Spirit of God was on me and I was anointed. And she said, I stand there looking at her. And she said, she was bound by Spirit and said, that thing jumped up in her eyes and looked at me. She said, I ain't never had a Spirit look at me like that. She said, I've seen them in people. She said, but when I minister, she said, I ain't never seen a Spirit jump up in somebody's eyes and look at me. I started laughing. I started laughing at her. 
She said, I know you have. I said, yeah, I'd have. But see, it was a spirit she had victory over. I said, did you laugh at the devil? She said, no. She said, but I said in myself, devil, I know you just didn't do that. I said, you see how stupid the devil is? I said, the devil knew you had power over that thing, so he thought he would jump up there and scare you and bluff you. She said, but it didn't work. (laughs) You know why it didn't work? I've taught her war. I've taught her war. I am teaching you people war. You hear me? Why? The harvest is ripe. But the laborers that know I've got to go out here and drag souls out of the gutter, out of the crack houses, out of the depression, out of being alcoholics, out of being bound by the devil, the laborers are few. And she said, she said, I just thought to myself, devil, I know you didn't just do that. I said, yeah. I said, did you tell him that you owned him, that you had his number? She said, no. She said, I just stepped up there and laid hands on her and told that thing to get back to hell where it belonged. Hallelujah. What was it? She had been taught war. She had been taught war. My God, you live under my roof. You keep company with me. You're going to learn war. You're going to learn war, young man. You're going to learn war. Hallelujah. Church is lazy. Gotten spoiled. Gotten soft. We've gotten at ease in Zion. The Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall go forth as what? A man of war. (laughs) Did you know Exodus? I believe it's 15. Said the Lord is a man of war. Hallelujah. Oh, now wait a minute, Brother Metter. Wait a minute now, Brother Metter. I want to know about that Jesus that's loving and kind and forgiving and tender-hearted. Oh, He is. He is. But He's also a man of war. He's also a man of war. And the Lord is His name. It's one thing for that loving kind, tender-hearted Jesus, uh, forgiving Jesus to show up on the scene. Uh, but let me ask you something. Uh, who's going to deliver all these souls that are bound? Uh, who's going to get in and do warfare? Uh, who's going to get in and fight uh, the good fight of faith uh, and lay hold on eternal life? Uh, who's going to do what Jesus done? Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, it wasn't that good, loving, tender-hearted uh, kind Jesus that went in that wilderness uh, 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, and when he come out, the Bible said uh, he returned uh, in the authority the power uh, of the Spirit uh, and he started casting out devils, uh, healing the sick cleansing the lepers, uh, raising the dead, uh, he declared war uh, on the devil anybody ready to go to war? anybody ready to go to war? anybody ready to go to war? Hallelujah. I think I'm going to have a new declaration of war made out.
I got one out there in the lobby, but y'all, oh, y'all ain't had a chance to sign it. I'm going to have a new declaration of war so you can put your name on that dotted line. When you do, the devil's going to put a target on you. Hallelujah. I used to get so tickled at Sister Angela Abraham. She'd get in a battle, and she'd be going through it. And she'd call me and tell me what she was fighting, and I'd go, <laughs> Brother Metter, are you laughing at me? (laughs) Brother Metter, what are you laughing at me for? Because God's proving you. Because God's proving you. All them nations that didn't understand in the war, God spoke and he said, I'm going to leave these nations here to prove you. I'm going to let them fight against you. I'm going to let them come against you and uh, declare war against you. And you're going to have to learn to fight. Uh, you're going to find out. Uh, I'm going to find out whether you're going to keep my word. Uh, I'm going to find out whether you're going to stand uh, in the day of battle. Uh, my God, you may not know how uh, to pick that sword up right yet. Uh, my God, you may pick it up uh, and you may fumble and bumble around. Uh, and you, uh, my God, can't swing it just right. Uh, but you keep on swinging it. Uh, you keep on moving it. Uh, you keep on working with it. Uh, and there's going to come a day, uh, my God, that you're skillful. Uh, there's going to come a day uh, that you know how to use this. Uh, this is the sword of the Spirit. Uh, this is the sword of the Spirit. Uh, Jesus defeated Satan uh, with the sword uh, of the Spirit. You don't know how powerful this is. Hebrews 4, and I believe 12 said the word of God is quicker, sharper, and more powerful than a two-edged sword. In Paul's day, a two-edged sword was the most dreaded weapon there was. Why, it was razor sharp on both sides. You swing it this way and hit an enemy, and then on the back slash you get another one. He said it's quick, it is sharper. And it is more powerful than any two-edged sword. This right here. You hear me? The devil's afraid of this right here. He ain't afraid of that printed page. He's afraid of that living word right here. That's under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You hear me? I'm a warrior. I said, I'm a warrior. I know how to use this. I know how to use this. Hallelujah. I know how to use this by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Some of you don't ever pick this up. You don't ever practice. You don't ever exercise your skills in the Holy Ghost. It's time to practice. Y'all think that boot camp y'all went through last weekend was something? I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. Can you hear me? I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. People have sat down and sat around. You have let the enemy bind you. You have let the enemy discourage you. You have let the enemy bring depression. 
You've let the enemy bring sickness, disease, financial ruin. You have let him destroy your families. Take your kids to hell. Bind your kids. Bind your families. Bind your sons, your daughters, your mamas, your daddies, your brothers, your sisters. And you are powerless to do anything about it. And you know you are. And when it happens, what do people do? They get on the phone and call somebody that they know knows how to pray. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Don't call me up in some week, watered down, doubting voice, and say, Brother Miller, I need you to pray. I will ask you point blank, what's the matter with you? I'm telling you, y'all don't like me right now. The devil wants you to think you don't have any power. He wants to put you in that place that you doubt the very God that lives in you. You hear me? I was down praying one night. It's been back in the 80s or 90s. I can't even remember now. And I was praying. I was at my mother-in-law's house. And I was praying... I could take you to the exact spot today that I was on my knees, probably one thirty-two o'clock in the morning, crying out to God. And there appeared above my head. Y'all ever seen these big oval picture frames, the old ones? There appeared above my head. It was like an old oval picture frame. And inside that picture frame was Jesus. But that frame was fire. It was fire. And I looked up at him, and I didn't see no loving, kind, tender-hearted, forgiving Jesus. I seen a man of war. I seen a man that was clothed in armor. I could only see him from about uh, the waist up. He had on a helmet. He had on armor. And in his hands, he had a sword laid out like this. And the word of the Lord from Isaiah come to me uh, and said, He shall put on the garments of vengeance. Uh, hallelujah. He shall put on the garments of vengeance. Uh, God is right now ready to take vengeance uh, on this ungodly, unholy generation. Uh, I'm telling you, if you have ever set your house in order, uh, if you ever got things right with God, uh, you better get them right now and quit giving place to the devil uh, because God is calling forth an army. Uh, and he said, I will utter my voice uh, before my camp. Uh, I'm fixing to speak to my army uh, and they're going to run like men of war. Uh, they're going to climb on the walls. Uh, are you listening to me? Uh, I said they're going to climb on the walls uh, like men of war. Uh, they're going to walk and not be weary. They're going to run. Uh, they ain't going to faint. Uh, and if anybody thrust them, it ain't going to hurt them. Uh, oh my God, somebody get with me. Uh, I said somebody get with with me. Hallelujah. The appearance of them is the appearance of horses and his horsemen, so shall they run. Let me be sure I didn't get ahead of myself. Hallelujah. 
glory. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of the mountains shall they leap like the noise of the flame of the fire that devours the stubble as a strong people I set in battle array. Before their faces the people shall be much pained. All faces side shall gather blackness. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the walls like men of war. Where's the men of war? Where's the men of war? Where's the men of war? Somebody wake them up. Where's the men of war? Y'all want me to do it all. Y'all want me to do it all. I can see it when the devil sits down on y'all. I can hear it in your voice. I asked somebody if they believe God. Oh, yeah, I believe God. God's healed me so many times. I almost feel like hollering, next. You know why? No faith there. They're trying to live on a past experience. They're trying to believe God on what God done for them before. There's no freshness there. You know why? They ain't practiced war. They ain't been through training. Oh, Brother Manor, it's too hard to pray. It's just so hard to pray. I get out and try to pray and there's just such a power against me. I just can't get through. Bless your poor little pee-picking heart. The devil wants you to think you can't get through. He's going to convince you that you can't get through. Is he a force to reckon with? Yes, he is. But the kingdom of heaven's at hand. I ain't trying to get you to a place called heaven. I'm trying to get you to possess the kingdom of heaven. I'm trying to get the power of God to live in you. That you will be the master of your situation. You will be in control of your circumstance. Woo! Hallelujah. Moses took slaves. Turned them into a mighty army. The people that come to David were misfits. I told God when I started this church, I said, God, give me what the church world don't want. Boy, that's one prayer God's honored. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. 75% of the people walk through them doors. church world don't want them. Why? They're a mess. Drug addicts, alcoholics, depressed, discouraged. Beat down, full of condemnation, full of doubt, full of unbelief. Been to some of the darkest places of sin. (laughs) 
the whole time I'm up here preaching like I'm preaching tonight, the devil's sitting there saying, you ain't going to get nowhere. You ain't going to get nowhere. You ain't going to get nowhere. You don't need to even think it. You don't need to even try. You don't even need to listen to him. You ain't going to get nowhere. <laughs> David took them men and turned them into mighty men of valor. You know one I like to hear? Well, that's just the way I am. I don't mean that's the way God's going to leave you. That's just how I am. Don't blame it on God. He didn't make you that way. I was just born that way. In God's fault. But I'm going to tell you this. God has put in every one of your abilities and personalities, traits that you can turn use for God now in my gene pool the word stubborn I used to tell my daddy I said my God I said if they opened the dictionary looked up the word stubborn I said your picture would be beside it he just grinned at me Stubborn. Set his head on something and you couldn't change his mind with a stick of dynamite. You could not move that man. And I just didn't have stubbornness. Man, I had a temper to go with him. It took a lot to make me mad, but if I ever got mad, the Star Spangled Banner would start playing fireworks. It'd go off red, white, blue, green, yellow, and purple lights, and I'd fight you. I didn't care if you're seven foot eight. I'd fight you like a buzzsaw. Just being honest with you. Brother Matter, you. My mom and daddy gave me more whippings when I was growing up for fighting than anything else I know of. I, I was a fighter from day one. I was. And if you was too big, I'd get so I'd pick up something even the odds. I remember I was about 10 or 12 years old. I was riding my bicycle up the street where we lived. And there's a 16-year-old boy up there. He stopped me. And I just little bitty skinny thing. He probably stood about 6 foot, maybe 6 foot 1. He took my bicycle away from me. He made me mad. I wasn't about a half a block from the house. I run down the house and went in the garage. The first thing I seen was a broom. That's what I put my hands on. And I went back up there, and I beat that boy merciless. I mean, I beat the daylights out of him. And not only that, I had a little old miniature collie. When I run down there and grab that broom, he followed me back up the street. And while I was whipping the daylights out of him, that collie was biting his ankles. And I just weighed in on him and just well the daylights out of him. But that was things in my personality. And I got to praying one day. I said, Lord, after I got saved, gave my heart. I said, God, you got you to do something with this. I've seen the time I'd be 7, 8, 10, 12, 14 days in a fast and lose my temper and blow 14 days of fast into the heavens. And have to start all over again. 
I said, this is ridiculous. So I got to praying. I said, Lord, I said, you got you to take my temper. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I said, God, you got to take this temper. You got to help me with the stubbornness. And finally, the Lord spoke to me and said, I won't take it. He said, but I'll teach you to channel it. He said, if I take your temper, he said, I'll break your spirit. He said, you take a dog or a horse or anything that's got spirit and said, you break that spirit, said they're worthless. He said, I will not take that spirit. He said, I will not break it. He said, but I will teach you to channel it against the devil. He said, I will make a fighter. Hallelujah. I will make a fighter out of you. And sometimes the devil will do something, and I'll just grit my teeth and shake my fist at him. And I'll say, if that's the best you got, you in trouble. If that's the best you can do, buddy boy, you in trouble. And I said, you go ahead. And I said, you do what you got to do. I said, because as soon as you get through doing it, you know good and well, I'm coming after you. I'm going to give you your lumps. I'm going to preach harder than I ever preached. Pray for more people than I ever prayed for. Have more miracles than I ever had. Get more souls saved than I ever got saved. Why? I am a warrior. I have learned war. I have learned war. And it's time for you to learn war. We're letting the devil walk on us. The hardest thing in the world to do is get people to pray. And get them in a real relationship with God. Brother Better, you go ahead and pray. I like listening to you pray. You listening to me pray ain't helping you one bit. Unless you're listening to learn. Well, Brother Better, you can get the job done. I ain't supposed to get your job done. I can get the job done. But I'm going to tell you something. There's going to come a day I ain't going to be there for you. There's going to come a day you're going to ring that cell phone and I'm going to answer on the other end and I'm going to say, please leave a message. And the nature of your call, and I will get back to you. You know, there's sometimes I answer the phone and I get calls for prayer, and God says, Let them fight it out yourself. It's okay. <laughs> Just let them fight it out yourself. Just leave them there with the devil so I can prove them, so I can see what they got in them. Oh, and the worst thing you can do is get that old self-pity spirit on you. Oh, my God. You approach me about stuff and you wallowing in self-pity, I won't even give you the time of day. Got them eyes drooping and yawning. <laughs> I told y'all I felt good tonight. But Brother Better, I can't. I can't hear you. I can't do it, Brother Better. 
I can't hear you. What'd you say? Brother Bender, I just can't fight. Well, then you're just dead meat because the devil's got you. Oh, I know y'all don't like me tonight. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. I got a question for you. Who is going to teach you to make war? How many preachers you got out there that can teach you to make war? Not many. Not many. I know about all y'all know Jesse Duplantis. Used to be a rock star and now he's a preacher. About all y'all know who he is. Anyway, he's on he's on TV. And my wife heard him one, or somebody sent us a CD of him one time, and I tried to listen to it, and I finally took it out off the back and the deck and just, whew. I don't guess I should have called his name. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but I just sailed it across my backyard and right out in the woods. I, I just, but anyway, there was something on there interesting. He used to be a rock, rock star, and his mama was a Holy Ghost-filled woman. She'd get to praying for him and everything just blow up. And he'd call his mama and he said, Mama, quit praying for me. Every time you pray for me, everything goes wrong. She said, Son, it's just your tough luck. You was born to me. It's just your tough luck. God set you under my teaching. Just your hard luck, buddy. That I'm the preacher that come out of the luck of the draw. Just your tough luck that I held on to you for 25, nearly 30 years. Just your tough luck. It's your tough luck, Brother Michael, you got around this. Why? Because I won't let you go. I'll teach you war. But there ain't very many people left that knows how to make war. The praying men, the men of faith, my God, does anybody know what intercessory prayer is? Anybody? Did y'all know people used to go into the church, and not just the church, but people used to get at home, and God would speak to them, and they would go to prayer and pray for hours over needs. They knew war. Where are they? Where are they? Here, Joel said, he said, prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Where's the mighty men? Where are they? 
Who's going to take this young generation that hadn't seen war? My daddy was born just as World War I ended. He grew up hearing about war. He went through the Great Depression. He learned to survive in hard times. And then he went in the Navy in World War II. He was taught war in the natural. He was taught war in the natural. After we got out of World War II, went in the Korean War. Those people that were alive in World War II and the Korean War, they're dying off. That generation's dying off. That generation of preachers that come in the 40s and 50s that had great faith and great deliverance because they had great prayer lives. They knew how to go to war. Where are they? Now you got some pretty boys. Sissies. Sissies. Entertainers. Come out there and let me entertain you. Somebody, uh, I can't even remember who it was. I didn't even comment on it. We was watching a Christian comedian the other night, and they were telling some pretty good jokes. Well, I tell you what, next time you get in a mess, you remember them jokes. Next time you get in a mess and need God to deliver you, tell the devil one. And see if it gets him off your back. War. War. Prepare war. What did God speak to Sister Pat six, eight months ago? Didn't he tell her, prepare to go to war? Woke my mama up two years ago at the minister's meeting early in the morning and said, prepare, get ready, prepare, get ready. What has God been telling us for weeks and months now? Get ready. This country's fixing to go to hell in a handbasket. People don't care. You know why? Y'all don't think God will let this country really go through anything bad. Way do you see 9-11 happen in this country multiplied about 20 or 30 times all at one time in 20 or 30 different places? And the government and the news media in this country goes berserk because they don't know what's going on and they don't know how to handle it. And people in this country start screaming and crying and fear grips this country. Then you're going to realize you're going to need to know war. Brother Matter, you ain't telling us. I'm telling you things fixing to get rough. I'm telling you things fixing to get rough. They fixing to get rough. And we got a generation right now. They don't know war. They don't know war. I learned a war from my mom and daddy. You hear me? I learned a war from my mom and daddy. When I become a young man, gave my heart to the Lord, there was preachers out there I learned a war from. I made a mistake. I didn't teach my kids war. I've asked God to forgive me. 
You hear me? All you can do if you didn't teach your kids wars, ask God to forgive you, and then you start changing the situation. You start changing the situation. Joel said, prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Well, somebody tell me who you wake up. Ain't many mighty men left. There ain't very many people in this generation knows anything about war. Are y'all listening to me? Y'all listening to me? I hope I'm getting my point across to you. Prepare war, wake up the mighty men, let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. See, what Joel's, they didn't even have weapons to fight with. Everything had been peaceful for so long. They didn't even have weapons. He said, now you're going to have to get you some weapons. You're going to have to get you some weapons. You're going to have to take your plowshares and beat them into swords. Do you know when the Philistines conquered the children of Israel? They took all the steel away from them and took all the grinding stones away from them where they couldn't make weapons, and if they made them, they couldn't sharpen them. They did. And when Saul became king, the men turned out with sticks and clubs to go fight the Philistines. Because they didn't, if they wanted to sharpen their plowshares, they had to go down to a Philistine town and they had to watch them sharpen their plowshares, sharpen their hoes, sharpen their work tools. Because they didn't have no wet rocks, they didn't have no grindstones. They wouldn't let them have weapons because they knew if they got weapons and they learned to fight, they're going to have trouble. You better arm yourselves. You better arm yourselves. Why? It's time to prepare war. It's time to prepare war. Am I getting this in your spirit tonight? I said, am I getting this in your spirit tonight? Romans, the seventh chapter. I'm going to bring this in. I'm fixing to start closing it down. Because see what troubles me. These people get in a battle. They don't know what to do. So they just quit. And let the enemy just bind them. I told the devil years ago, I said, you get me flat down flat on my back, I'll kick you to death both feet. And I got down flat on my back. 11 years ago, I got down flat on my back. It'd be 12 years in February. But I'm going to tell you something. While I was flat on my back, people could still call me on the phone. I could pray the prayer of faith over the phone. God give them a miracle. I couldn't set my body up in bed. I was racked with pain from my head to my feet. But I could still have faith. And I could still speak the word of faith and the word of deliverance to folks. And I kicked the devil so hard that he finally got out of my path. You hear me? I kicked so hard. Until he finally got out of my path. Receives what's troubling me is what's going on with people up here in their minds. It's like I was preaching last week. This is where the warfare is. 
This is where people don't know what to do when those pressures and those words and that condemnation and that warfare and them voices, they don't know how to handle it. You know why? They're not equipped. Ministry ain't doing what I'm doing in action alone. Ministry's up here. Y'all listening to me? It's up here. Because see why I'm doing what I'm doing. You talk about multitasking. <laughs> the Spirit of God in me is it's like a radar beacon. Discerning what's going on in your spirit, what's your thoughts, what's got you bound, what you're dealing with in your mind, your spirit, your body. It's just, and while I'm preaching, while I'm doing what I'm doing, the Spirit's talking to me. Discerning, scoping out the devil, revealing your situations. See, ministry ain't just this. Ministry's up here. So people don't understand, Brother Wayne, it's up here. God didn't take Moses and set him up there over three and a half million people, never having had any experience. Moses was a leader. He was trained in warfare. He was trained in warfare. Before God would put David over his flock, uh, the children of Israel, he started him out with sheep. And then he brought him two or three hundred out there. And it went to four or five hundred. Then it went to several thousand. Are you listening to me? And David took misfits, people discontent, people in debt. People had no skill, no ability. And he made mighty men and warriors out of them. Why? David was a man of war. He was a man of war. Finally got put in the place of being leader over Saul's armies. He would go out to war and come back, and the women would meet him in the streets and beat the tambourines and sing, Saul has slid his thousands, but David is ten thousands. He became a man of war. God does not put people over his heritage and his flock that are ill-equipped. That's the reason I have taught y'all be careful who prophesies to you. Be careful who you listen to preach. Be careful who gives you advice. God don't raise up novice. God don't raise up people without experience. There ain't a spirit out there that you can fight that I hadn't fought. There ain't no warfare out there you can go through that I hadn't already went through in some fashion or the other. Why? To teach you to war. I have been to war. I've been on the verge of a nervous breakdown about four times now over the period of 40 years. I thought a couple of times the enemy was going to get me. The last time I went through it was probably when the house burnt. Somewhere in that year where we rebuilt. But I remember one time in the 90s I was pushing myself so hard to preach and win souls and have revivals that I come in from a meeting one night, walked in my trailer. When I walked in my trailer I started shaking. 
I told the Lord, I said, I get through this meeting, I'm going home. And I shut everything down for a month. Went home and rested. I was fixing to push myself to the place of a nervous breakdown. Not just the physical, all the mental warfare. Dealing with people's spirits, people's problems, the finances, the equipment. Ministry's up here. It's up here, children. Oh, God, here I am. Take me and use me. Do you know what you're saying? You're asking God to teach you to war. You got a burden for souls. You want to help people. You want to do something for God. You really want to see people set free? Prepare war. Prepare war. You got to learn to fight. Amen. You got to learn to fight. And the fight's up here. Y'all remember what I wrote on that board last week? Some of y'all wasn't here. Post traumatic stress. Disorder. That's what the Lord spoke to me in prayer. He said, some of my people are in post-traumatic stress disorder because they don't know mentally how to fight. You're not mentally equipped to go to battle. You come out of battle. Your mind will destroy you. It'll destroy you. There are men right now that have been through wars and battles and the horrors of wars. They can't process what they've been through. They can't process what they've seen. They can't process what they had to do. And they become drug addicts. They become alcoholics. They become dysfunctional. Why? They don't know how to process what they've been through, what they've had to deal with. I don't want you a casualty on the sidelines. I don't want you a casualty on the sidelines. I want you to learn war. I want you to learn war. I'm in Romans, the seventh chapter. Fix to give you all the last verse. 21st verse of Romans, seventh chapter. Are you there with me? I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Well, that can sink a long way in. Well, I meant to do right. But there's something there just persuaded me to do something else. There's your warfare. There's your mental warfare right there. You got to learn how to deal with it. How many fights did you have with that alcohol, son? Wanting to do good. I mean, when you first got saved. When you first give it to the Lord, when you, when you first really wanted to, you wanted to do good, but that force was there, that evil was there to persuade you to do something else. But he got victory over it. You know why? He gave it to God. He made up his mind. Some of y'all won't make up your mind. You won't make up your mind to do right. You always got that little voice, that little force that just, for I delight in the law of God. After my inward, after my spirit, man, there's a delight in me. I got so tickled at my wife. <laughs> I ain't saying nothing shingle here on the tape. She said they were riding back to the airport today and maybe got back to the airport. She said, you know, 
She said, God really moved out here in a great way. I said, I believe that. She said, he used every one of us to minister, to help people. Said, we are so tired in our body, but we feel such peace. We feel such joy. Said, we decided we want to do something like this every week. I said, huh, I can't imagine. Really? Yeah, we just come to the conclusion we like to preach somewhere and do this, something like this every week. I said, I can't imagine having them kind of feelings. She started laughing and said, yeah, I hear you. Because, <laughs> see, that's the way I lived my life for 22 years. And that's what I've been telling y'all. I want my life back. I want my life back. Somewhere God's going to give me my life back. And I'm going to be somewhere. I ain't leaving y'all. Y'all don't panic. From Monday through Friday, I'm going to be somewhere tearing the devil's hide up. Amen. Might be the time God has to give me that twin-engine plane. Lady told me in 91, she said, I see God giving you a twin-engine plane. You flying everywhere preaching the gospel. I said, bring it on, Jesus. I'm ready for it. I hate to drive. I'd rather fly any day of the week. If I had that twin engine plane, I'd go home more after service. <laughs> Y'all stay with me. But I see another law or another principle in my members. Warring or attacking against the law of my mind. Y'all see this? Paul said, there's another principle that I see in my members. It's attacking the law of my mind and trying to bring me into captivity or make me a prisoner or a bondage to the law of sin that is in my members. Y'all see this? This is your warfare. When you want to do good, when you want to serve God, evil's present. And it's a warfare. Paul said, I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. Because my mind has been renewed. My mind wants to serve God. And there's something attacking my mind, telling me I can't serve God. I don't have the ability to serve God. And it's trying to bring me into the captivity of sin that lives in this flesh. Because your, your flesh has a nature. Your flesh is sinful. Your flesh is ungodly. Most what y'all do this thinking with right here is God's enemy. It's God's enemy. And Paul said, when I want to do good, he said, evil's present. He said, I'm thinking about doing good and I want to do good. He said, then I find another law in my members warring against the law of my mind that's wanting to do good, wanting to serve God. He said, and it's trying to bring me into captivity to the law of sin that's telling me I can't serve God. You know why the devil gets you? You know why he gets people? They don't know war. They don't know war. They don't know how to fight. Time to learn war. I can teach you war. <laughs> I can teach you war. You may not like me, but I can teach you war. 
I can teach you war. I can teach you how to take that right there and take the devil's head off. You swing it at him right now, you might just give him a big knot on his head. But you let me teach you how to do war, you can swing that at him and fix it right off his shoulders. Brother Wayne, I've learned war. Sister Marvine, I've learned war. That's why God put me here. But trying to get people to get active in what God really wants to do in you, it's the hardest thing there is to do. Why? That warfare, that law, it's a constant warfare. Constant warfare. Constant warfare. Paul said, when I would do good, evil's present. Because I, there's a warring going on in my mind. And it's coming out of my flesh, man. Trying to bring my mind into captivity and telling me that I can't serve God. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. Brother Matter, I just don't know how. I teach you. I'll teach you. Listen to me. But if I get rough with you, don't get offended. It ain't personal. It ain't personal. It's to save your soul. It's to deliver you from the bondage of the devil. Because when the Spirit of God on me sometimes gets on me, sometimes I get plain. I get right to the point. I don't believe in beating around the bush. I believe in getting right to the point. Amen. Getting right to the point. I'm telling you what you got to do. Most people call me about a situation. I'll tell them to go to prayer. And I'll tell you, walk it out. And I'll be right there to pray with you. I won't leave you. I won't let you down. I'll be right, but I ain't going to do you praying for you. I ain't going to do you praying for you. Because if you don't learn to pray, this law that's worn against your mind will bring you into captivity. It will make you a prisoner. You will become a prisoner of your flesh. And you will be given over to the lust and desires of your flesh and your carnal mind. And Peter said, war. Abstain from the fleshly lust that war against your soul. Abstain from them. You don't give in to them. You got a generation now, they don't know war and anything they, I'm talking about people serving God, anything they want to do, they'll go out and do it on Saturday night, get up and come to church on Sunday morning, get up and shout, talk in tongues and praise God. Don't make no difference if it's doping, drugging, drinking, going to drunk, fornicating, adultery. It don't make no difference now. Nightclubs, strip bars, it don't make no difference. Man, they'll do it Saturday night. Get up Sunday morning, go to church, get up and shout, and praise God, don't tongues. You know why? They don't know war. They don't know how to resist. They don't know how to fight. You say, Brother Matter, people don't really do that. I've had people sit right here in this church. I would preach the word of God to them. The Holy Ghost would fall. The Spirit of God would move. They would go right out of these services, go crawl in bed with somebody, commit adultery, and come back to service on Sunday morning. 
Oh. Yeah. More than one somebody's. I was telling a vision I had, and I'm going to tell this. I, I told it up in LJ. I've told it here at the church, but it's been a long time. It's back in 96. I was preaching over a little town called Haleyville. Little, little old bitty church. And I was preaching. And the Spirit of God hit me so strong it spun me around and I started walking in another direction. And I went into a vision. And this is what the voice of the Lord said to me. He said, there will be a cure for AIDS found. And he said, when they find a cure for AIDS... And I saw so minute, it was like a little worm. And the Lord showed me people's private parts. Y'all heard me tell it here in the church. And I saw that, y'all know how a worm bores in an apple and that apple gets rotten? I mean, 50, 60% of that apple will be good, but there'll be one big rotten spot on it. And the Lord told me, he said, people that will not com- quit committing adultery, fornication. He said, these lesbians and these gays, queers. Y'all call them gays, I call them queers. He said, I am going to allow this thing to bore into their flesh and it will rot their private parts. I saw it. As plain as I'm looking at you, I saw it. And after I spoke that, I come out of that service and the devil just started in on me, just tormenting me. Yeah, you missed it. You ain't got no scripture for that. So I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, I know what you showed me. Give me scripture. The Lord spoke to me and I went and checked. I believe it's in Numbers 5. When a man thinks his wife's been unfaithful under the law, he would take her to the priest. The priest would scoop dirt off of the floor of the tabernacle, put it in water, mix it up, make her drink it, and if she'd been unfaithful, the Bible said her belly would swell and her thigh would rot. And God said, I am their judge and I am their high priest. And he said, I will allow this plague to smite this generation if they don't clean themselves up. He said, I will do it. You can write it down. If it's the first time you ever heard it, go ahead and write it down. It will come to pass. Why? This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. God said, if any man defile this temple. He said, every man, every sin that a man commits, he commits it without the body. But fornication, he commits with the body. You defile this body. God said, I will destroy you. I will destroy you. This is my temple. He bought you with a price. He said, be ye holy in body. And be ye holy in spirit. I don't care what kind of thoughts goes on in your mind. It's when you act on them. It's when you put them into action. It's when the devil gets you.
There ain't none of us goes without warfare in our minds. You learn to get victory over it. You learn to put the devil down. You learn to stop this warfare in your mind. But whatever goes on up here, that ain't the problem. Problems when you put it in action. Problems when you put it in action. And it's already been spoken in this church two or three times. The people gonna drop dead because of sin in their life. Just like Ananias Sapphire in the book of Acts. Don't tell me. God is going to return the fear back to the house of God. When I grew up, people was afraid to talk about preachers. People ain't afraid of nothing no more. They will come to church and go home and sit around the dinner table and slice you and dice you and roast you and serve you for dinner. All because of something you said, something they don't like. All this is warfare. All this is warfare. Better learn to go to war. Better learn to go to war. Amen. Condition yourself. I have preached so much on the warfare of the mind in this church. Probably 75% of my preaching has been on the warfare of the mind and teaching people to gird up the loins of their minds and fight. To be strong, get established, get settled, get grounded, get rooted. To the enemy can't tempt you, can't move you. But it comes through relationship, it comes through prayer. Amen. It comes through learning to pray. Comes through learning to practice and live by the word and do what's right in God's eyes. It, it don't come easy. It comes with a price. It comes with a price. Amen. Do you love him? Will you bow your heads and go to prayer with me? Father, in the holy name of Jesus, I have declared your word in this place tonight. God, I have spoken your word by your spirit. And God, I want this word to penetrate into the hearts and minds of your people and let your will be done in each and every life. God, I've pulled no punches with this word. I didn't intend to. I never soften your word. You let this word hit where it will, Father. But God, you let it penetrate into the hearts and minds of people. Take the scales off their eyes and the dullness of their ears and the hardness of their heart. And you let them see they've got to learn war. They've got to learn war, Father. In Jesus' name, let this settle in their hearts that they've got to learn war. And I give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I appreciate this word tonight. I'm going to take just a few moments and pray for those of you that are sick or need healing. But first, I want to receive the offering. And I want you to do what's right in God's eyes. I feel like this word has a special purpose tonight. I feel like it's got a special purpose. And I want this to get down in your hearts. You know... Paul wrote something, and I'm searching it out. But Paul said, after you're admonished about something two or three times, 
and you don't listen and you don't take heed, Paul said, count them as a heretic. That's what the Word says. If you're dealing with something and you get counseled and instructed on it, you better put forth some effort to change your life. Because Paul said after two or three times, I ain't going to fool with you. If I don't see you trying, if I don't see you fighting, if I don't see you growing and striving, I ain't going to fool with you. I'll set you aside as a heretic. God's getting serious, children. He's cleaning his kingdom up. If you want to be a part of what God's doing, you better get your house in order. You better get your house in order.